I'm back. <laughs> Good morning. Welcome to WGN Radio, 720 AM. Jim Toronto, Elton Jim, filling in for Dean Richards. But listen anyway. Short show today. We've got Hampton OB at 11, and then we go right to football, Dallas Cowboys versus the Carolina Panthers. But just because it's a short show time-wise doesn't mean it's going to be a short show in terms of entertainment, fun, and information. So keep it tuned here for the next couple of hours. Get your favorite beverage. Scramble up a couple of eggs. Make some... Pillsbury Grand cinnamon rolls, throw them in the oven, whatever it is that you do on a Sunday morning to get yourself ready for a nice kind of relaxing day. Sun is out, weather is crisp, supposed to get a little nice in the 50s today, so start your day the Elton Jim way right here at WGN. Got Jack, the producer, with me, Schwani in the newsroom. Hello, Dave. Hey, good morning, Elton. How you doing? Good. Good. Beautiful Very good. Morning, once again. Oh my gosh! Fantastic. Uh, we had the uh, the BMO Harris Bank uh, Light Festival downtown here on Michigan Avenue. I was just uh, walking uh, and around. Quite a crowd for it too. Yeah, I saw time. many stray uh, Mickey Mouse ears just laying around the street on Michigan Avenue. Picked up a few of those. And oh jeez, <laughs> oh boy, oh, you're not wearing them. No, no, I'm saving them. Oh, okay. oh, I love yeah, I love Mickey Mouse ears. Well, look at this. I'm looking at the line. Guess who's guess who's calling to check up on me, Dave? Um, uh, let's see. <laughs> you know he. You know I've been filling in for for Dean for about seven eight years now. He still doesn't trust me. It's a short show. You still don't trust me? Has it been that long, really? Yeah, <laughs> like 2015. Oh, <laughs> Sounds a lot longer. It seems a lot longer to me. I'm sure it does. <laughs> seems like seems like about 25 years. So, Dean, where? Hey, hang on, I'm making my I'm making my cinnamon muffins. Right Are now. you? Yeah, your your Pillsbury Grands. <laughs> my Pillsbury Grand, whatever you said. Yes. <laughs> But where are you making them? You're not making them in the Chicago area, I imagine. No, I'm in uh, beautiful Hollywood, California right now. Ah. Getting ready, getting ready to do some interviews. Actually, you'll love this because I am uh, in, uh, I'm in the, uh, in, like, downtown Hollywood. Nice. I'm looking out my hotel window right now. It's a famous, famous Capitol Records building. Oh, you're right iconic. there with the beautiful, yeah, the iconic the uh, stuff of legend. Oh, I, I've been, I've been in the Capitol Records building in one of yeah. the studios, and it. Have you ever been inside? I have. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's so it's, cool. It's, a, it's cool. It's where the Beatles, uh, you know. Oh, Sinatra, Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, Judy Garland. Yeah. Kind of, I mean, it's it's a very historic place. Yeah, you walk and, down the, the uh, hallways. It's amazing. Yeah, this area of uh, Hollywood, you know, was pretty dumpy, uh, and uh, it's changed a lot since the last time I've been here. It's very it's super gentrified now. There's like nice apartment buildings around here now, and hotels and. Now you're not near uh, the uh, you're not near the Chinese, uh, you know the the, the, no. the man's Chinese. No, that's no. about that's about a mile away. The famous Chinese theater. I'm yeah. by the. Uh, this is uh, with all the finger, all the footprints. The, the famous Pantages Theater is uh, oh, right nice. here. That's 
would be the equivalent of our, say, uh, Chicago Theater, like our Niederlander Theater, Chicago Theater, right? That's it's like where all the, the big shows play on. It's right on Sunset Boulevard. Uh, or as Joan Rivers said once when she was uh, you know, doing the red carpet for the Oscars, you're never a stone throw away from a drug deal. <laughs> <laughs> but you're saying it's actually getting nicer, so that's not bad. It is, no, it's, it, it was, I, I actually, I, I didn't, I didn't go out for a walk last night. <laughs> I wasn't 100% sure about the neighborhood. But I did go out, I, I woke up super early this morning and I went out for a walk. And oh, nice. Very, 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 very nice uh, in this area right now. Very cool. So are you going to, are you going to go to? Nice. And speaking of nostalgia, uh, that little open that you have uh, for your show with all the little, you yeah. know, clips and things uh, represented a traumatic moment for me this past week. Wow. We had that one clip in there of Art Carney from uh, The Honeymooners with Jackie Gleason. Right. Uh, at, the, at the TV station this week, we were talking with a bunch of the producers and a couple of the producers who are, I would say, are like between 35 and 40 years old, had no idea who Jackie Gleason was. Oh. And I, I dropped my piece. Oh. Uh, when I heard that, I could not. Isn't believe this it. sad? Isn't this? I mean, well, it, this know, guy said, was. Well, that was before my time. I said, well, <laughs> was, you know, a little bit before my time. I didn't see it in first run. But you're in broadcasting. How do you not know who the broadcast legends are? You know, Mozart was before my time, but I know who he is. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's a, exactly the point that I made. But, oh. Yeah, so that was. Uh, that I was mean, here's a guy called the Great One. That was his nickname, right. the Great One. Yeah, I mentioned I mentioned it to me, and they, you know, they both gave me the old. Why don't you sit down and be quiet, Grandpa? Right? Oh, that now I'm depressed. I'm because I'm such a Honeymooners yeah. fan, and I love Jackie Gleason. I actually had a I chance. Said, I had a chance to meet him the, when he was filming Nothing in Common back in the eighties. Uh, you know, with final movie with Tom Hanks. With Tom Hanks. And it was it was it was one of the highlights of my life. And to hear that they don't yeah. even know who he is. Oh. Don't, no clue and no interest. No, oh, that's the other side. Yeah, it's not only no clue, it's not who cares, as long as it's not Taylor yeah. Swift, you know. Oh. Yeah, well, yeah. Oh. So that, was my big, that was my big depressing moment of the week. <laughs> that got triggered when I heard that classic Art Carney, uh, yeah. you know, segment. Yeah. So why are you in Los Angeles? Who are you uh, interviewing? I will be interviewing, not, you know, now that this actor strike is over, suddenly everybody wants to talk to the press. You know, they couldn't talk to anybody during the 118 days of the strike. Now all the Christmas movies are about to come out. So everybody wants to talk to everybody. Uh, and uh, actually, I'm, I'm very excited to be able to talk with Bradley Cooper today. It'll be in a couple of hours. And Carrie Mulligan, who star in this new movie that's about Leonard Bernstein, called Maestro. It's about yeah. his life, his personal life, his professional life. I've already seen the movie. I saw it in New York uh, a month or so ago. And uh, this this movie uh, is, without a doubt, one of the best of the year. It's fantastic. It's the, the music. Bradley Cooper directs, acts, and uh, has co-written this movie. He's unbelievable. Like, Carrie Mulligan is unbelievable. Uh, so I'm super excited to uh, be talking to them about this movie uh, a little bit later on. Today. Will, will he be uh, wearing his prosthetic nose that caused such a controversy? 
you know, I don't even get what the controversy. I know is. it was it was it was a controversy of nothing. <laughs> it's it's a controversy that some writer decided to make up because he does wear a prosthetic nose, but it's not like he's Jimmy Durandy in the, the movie. No, I mean, thirty five to forty year olds won't know who he is either. Right, but it, it's. It's not like, uh, you know, it's like a ridiculously exaggerated kind of nose. And the criticism was, uh, you know, that he, that Bradley Cooper was uh, making fun of Jewish people uh, wearing the prosthetic nose. Bradley Cooper made himself look like Leonard Bernstein. And it's, it's, it's not exaggerated. It's, it's a whole lot of nothing. This whole prosthetic nose thing is uh, about nothing, but uh, I well, yeah. will be wearing prosthetic ears. So when, I, <laughs> when I go in, I'm going to have a big, gigantic, floppy, Dumbo-like ear, ears This way, on. at least it's like, just to break the ice, to let him know that you're on his just side. to break the ice a little bit. I haven't <laughs> talked to him you know, since before the pandemic. I'm well, isn't the whole idea, if you're making a biopic, isn't the whole idea that you should look like the person that you're yes. trying to represent? I mean, yes, is there something absolutely. wrong with that? <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, this movie, Bradley Cooper worked for six years making this movie. He immersed himself into this movie like he has never done before, working side by side with Leonard Bernstein's three children. So believe me, there's nothing that is uh, disparaging uh, about this, about Leonard Bernstein. Uh, that is in this movie. Well, the, uh, there's the, the, nothing that's insulting. There's nothing that's anti-Jewish. Uh, people just want to be. Some people just want to be mad about something. Doesn't yeah. matter what it is. They want to be mad about his, something. His his children have no problem with it. So if the kids have no problem with it, why do you have a problem with right. it? Exactly. <laughs> exactly right. Well, I've got so to take a break here. An expose with Jim's uh, Jim's cats have agreed to talk to me about what it's like, the personal life of Jim Toronto. Ah. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm working on that expose, and I don't know if you know this, your wife has agreed to uh, spill the beans about what it's like to uh, you know live uh, in that same house well, just with make... no air conditioning half the year and no heat the other half of the year. Oh, well, hey, we've been, at six, we, ex- we've been at 60 all year so far since it's gotten a little cold. Yeah, okay. 60. You can always That's layer, right. Dean. You can always layer. You can always layer. No. Or you could just turn the heat on. Or you could layer. So you're already uh, doing a great job of knocking me off schedule, making me miss breaks. That's your job whenever you call in, but I'm going to have to cut you off what here. What time to... is it right now? <laughs> this is, that's what I mean. You have no idea. But you know, I'm... Lost... When I talk with you, I lose track of time. Jim Toronto filling in for Dean Richards, but listen anyway. We'll be back I after this. Dean, 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 Dean. Usually, usually I get to say hello to Swanee. <laughs> Jim Toronto filling in for <laughs> the obstructionist Dean Richards, who apparently so Jack did Dean did Dean hang up? Uh, yeah, who hung <laughs> up on who? I didn't mean. I mean, I needed to go to a break, but I didn't expect him to hang up. <laughs> yeah, I went to I went to check and he was gone. I just got <laughs> oh, that's the, nice. Well, you know, well, well. We might as well write the date down here. What is it, November 19th? This is probably going to be the last time I fill in for Dean because it looks like I hung up on him, and I didn't mean <laughs> to hang up on him. I mean, I have great respect for Dean, but I have to state of my schedule. He loves to get me off schedule. But you know what, uh, Swanee, I'm sorry. I, I have a respect for the show and its 
popular segments, and one of the most popular segments, of course, is what? Dave Schwann's far-flung forecast. I love Dean, but I have to crack a whip around here. (laughs) You know, I'm sorry, Dino, but uh, I've got a far-flung forecast. Dave Schwann. Do your stuff. We have quite the far-flung forecast today. Thank you, Elton. Good morning, everybody. Get out your compasses and protractors and newfangled GPS devices, because today we're going actually to a very well-known place for one of the most uh, monumental uh, 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 segments in history, in American history, and that is Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. I've been there. Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, in uh, the southern part of the state, was uh, uh, formed really in the 1700s, the 1780s, named for an Irish settler named Samuel Gettys. But we all know Gettysburg as one of the uh, most... um, tragic and uh, bloodiest battles of the Civil War, over 50,000 casualties in just three days in Gettysburg during uh, that Battle of Gettysburg in the Civil War. The Soldier's Cemetery, as as it was called, was uh, then um, formed to bury the soldiers who lost their lives there. And on this date, In 1863, 163 years ago today, Abraham Lincoln gave his famous Gettysburg Address there. Wow, it was on on, on November 19th. On this date in 1863, 160 years ago, and the Lincoln Library and Museum in Springfield is displaying one of five handwritten copies that Lincoln himself wrote for uh, friends and admirers. It's on display. It's part of their permanent collection down there, but it is on display now through November 28th in Springfield. Uh, The copy that they have is called the Everett copy because it was given to Edward Everett, who was actually the featured speaker at Gettysburg. Bringing in Abraham Lincoln was kind of an afterthought. They, they said, don't remember oh. Everett. No, no. No one remembers. No one remembers Poor Everett. Edward Everett. Poor Everett. Who, it's a very interesting story. Everett spoke for two hours. Oh, no wonder why they two don't remember hours. <laughs> and then Abraham Lincoln's address takes two minutes. And the day after, Edward Everett wrote Lincoln a telegram or a letter saying that you came nearer to the occasion of what it all meant in two minutes than I did in two hours. So, and it wasn't the isn't there always a myth or whether it's true that uh, that Lincoln wrote that very quickly, sort of on the back of an no, envelope? He, he was down the... it a long time. Oh, okay. It was not a last minute jotting down on the train. No, he worked yeah. on it. He always did. He worked on speeches and refined them to get them just right, and that was one of them because he knew how important that was. Well, that's why we put him on the penny. You just don't put someone on a penny <laughs> yeah. unless they do well, their he's homework. He's also on the five dollar bill. Too. Oh, that's true. He's on the fin as well. But, I, I don't even see money anymore. Do you even carry money in your wallet anymore? I have cash on hand. Oh, good for you. I'm old-fashioned. But um, interesting point also, it was a very cloudy, cold, rainy day in Gettysburg 160 years ago today. Today, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania is sunny. It's 51, and they have a high of 59 forecast for today in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Now, you've been there, correct? Twice. Yeah, I've been there once, and it Mm -hmm. is a very... Uh, it's a moving and uh, it's a weird place to be because it's it's beautiful now. Well, you know, that's the thing. You mentioned that 
every almost every Civil War battlefield I've been to, and, and Gilda, my girlfriend, and I went to Manassas here, uh, where the Battle of Bull Run was in Virginia recently. It's such beautiful country, and you think to yourself, this is magnificent landscape, and so much carnage took place here. So yeah. many lives lost. That's my, that's my point. You see these rolling yeah. hills, and yeah. you can't believe what was actually happening here. Now, how many years ago? 160. 160 was the dedication. Years. The wow. dedication of it. The battle was in July. Nice job. Well, I got you, Dave. That's why you do the far flunger, because <laughs> kudos to you for pulling that one out of your hat. I didn't pull it out of my hat. I was ready to go with this a long time ago. So <laughs> I'm, a Lincoln, I'm a Lincoln nerd. Very good. So, well, you, well, if anybody deserves to have to have a nerd follow them, it's Abraham Lincoln. Exactly. I'm, yes. still, I'm still pro-Lincoln. I know there's a lot of question about him now. We're revisiting history on him, but I'm still pro-Lincoln. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, anyway. Jim Toronto's filling in for Dean Richards this morning, but listen anyway. Uh, can we go right to the news, Jack? Cool. Hey, Dave, don't turn your microphone on. Here's the new or off. Here's the uh, news with Dave Schwan. Jim Toronto with you this morning at WGN Radio. 7.20 a.m. Filling in for Dean Richards this morning. But listen anyway. As usual, at this time, Dean always talks to um, his good friend and one of the leading health professionals in our area. Dr. Kevin Most, who is the Senior VP of Medical Affairs and Chief Medical Officer for Northwestern Central du- Northwestern Medicine, Central DuPage Hospital. Good morning, Dr. Kevin Most. Good morning, Jim. How are you doing, I like sir? the tagline. Yeah, Which that's uh, good old Thompson Twins from the 80s. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, you know, at 11 o'clock, I do uh, pass the show off to uh, two Bears legends, Ed Obradovich and uh, and Dan Hampton. But right now, we are speaking to a medical legend, Dr. Kevin Most, who I had a chance to to uh, sit next to a couple weeks ago at Tree Time. It was great to see you in person. That was, Jim. I'll tell you, that Tree Time is a very, uh, it's a nice event. It's a great tradition you guys do. And uh I always appreciate when I get invited to hang with you guys for a few minutes. So it was interesting. Uh, we are officially in uh, in in holiday Turkey Week mode. I mean, this week is on Thursday is Thanksgiving. So whether you think we are bypassing all our holidays from Halloween to Thanksgiving, I've already seen people putting up Christmas lights. It, it is what it is. It's an overlapping world we live in now. But I had uh, suggested that I wanted to talk about uh, Thanksgiving and especially some of our uh, cal- uh, caloric intake, as well as some other things that go along with the holidays, maybe stress and anxiety. It's a big deal. Lots of people coming over. I, I, we were talking with some friends yesterday. Uh, they're going to someone's house. Forty or so people coming to their you know, to, this, to, to their house to, uh, to celebrate. There's a lot of stress involved in that, too. So if we have some time. We can talk about that, but I wanted to talk about the uh, caloric intake because that's always the uh, it's, it's it's the great thing about Thanksgiving is it's a holiday about eating. <laughs> <laughs> you know it is, and you don't want to ruin the holiday by just <laughs> making sure people are aware of what they're eating. But certainly, eating a great meal in moderation is just as good as eating a great meal with you know a lot of food. So. 
you know, enjoy the taste and not the volume is what I would say. Well, I'll tell you, so so uh, Dr. Kevin uh, does a great job here. He's always well prepared for his segments. So he, he emailed me a giant list of of information that we could talk about. And and I'm le- I'm reading this over, and I'm in, in addition to calling you a medical legend, I'm going to call you Doctor Grinch, <laughs> because you have actually told me the cor- uh, the the caloric um, statistics of a pig in a blanket. And well, you, you, know, you got you got to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah, and to find out that one one pig in a blanket has 20 grams of fat and 150 calories i don't even i don't even remember the first four that i eat <laughs> just a blur right? yeah <laughs> and so you're telling me that one has 20 grams of fat and what he did here well, is two two, two. two so at least you can cut that oh. in half <laughs> okay two okay i didn't okay good okay two Phew. at least but but the worst part is dr grinch what you've done is you've you've listed all these different foods that we may see at a at a at a, at a Thanksgiving feast, um, you know, including wine and meatballs and barbecue sauce and obviously the turkey with gravy and a green a green bean casserole. Everybody's got the bad green bean casserole, mashed potatoes with gravy or sweet potatoes with brown sugar, biscuits and gravy, pumpkin pie. But you not only list these and list the individual. Uh, calories and grams of fat, but uh, Dr. Grinch, you 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 put a running total. <laughs> hey, <laughs> it's all about awareness, isn't it? Oh yeah. my gosh! So so you listed this 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 very typical um, Thanksgiving dinner, and the calorie comes in at four thousand twenty five. And 176 grams of fat. And as you say at the outset of the information, the average day we're supposed to take in between 16 and 2,500 calories. So we've almost doubled it in one meal, not even in one day. That's, uh, yeah, it, it's correct. I'll tell you, I always tell people it's easier to, to put on pounds than to take off pounds. But it really does come down to, hey, it's a great meal. Thanksgiving, you're surrounded by family and friends, and you if you eat smart and you cut back a little bit, you can have a very good, healthy meal, but if you go and take that full plate and fill it up, get ready, folks. You, you, you're going to add some calories that day. <laughs> I mean, wow, 4,000. I mean, and, and, and like I said, the thing is that the, the, the list that you made here, this is not a, a crazy list. Everything you listed is, is pretty much going to be at a majority of 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 uh, on on turkey uh you know on thanksgiving day uh you know buffets yeah absolutely and i didn't blow it up i didn't increase volumes i didn't say you know big big portions i took the standard portions with the standard what is what i guess would be considered a traditional meal you know many people have the exact same things that i've listed that you just read off so this is a very traditional meal it's yeah. not like i'm saying oh yeah i put a deep fried turkey in there and did other things. No, I, I, I went pretty basic. <laughs> now, what about the fact uh, in terms of, of uh, health ways? Okay, you've already, you've already warned us now about the intake, but what about the results of that intake? Is there, is there a, I mean, you've got to, you know, we all, before we sit down, we all loosen the, you know, it's a good idea to, un, to loosen the belt before you sit down, not during or after. 
you know, make room. Um, but what about if I get indigestion or heartburn? I mean, are there, uh, are there over the counter types of things that we can take to, to sort of ease that, that bloated, uh, you know, heavy, maybe even, you know, painful feeling after you maybe indulge a little much, too much? Yeah, you talk about two different things there. One is, you know, the heartburn, where actually it's portions of your st- uh, contents of your stomach come up into your esophagus and you get that burning sensation. Yeah. And that's that's caused because the stomach has so much acid, but we have a little band there that keeps that stomach closed from the esophagus. The stomach is lined and can handle the acid. The esophagus, the portion of the, uh, the throat that brings the food to your stomach, doesn't have that lining, so you get that. So certainly there's medications that can, can do that. I'll tell you one of the, probably one of the biggest things is get up and move. You know, individuals will eat that meal, and then they'll sit on the couch and just do nothing. You know, it's like, all right, after you have the meal, if, the, if it's nice out, go out for a walk. That will certainly help and help your digestion, help move that. Because if you think about the content of your stomach, you have expanded that a lot more than it's used to for a very short period of time. So you will get a little bit of that discomfort until that stomach starts to empty. Well, I'll tell you, after reading this list you gave me, I it's starting. I mean, I did. I woke up this morning. I didn't have any breakfast. I'm not eating until Thursday. There you go. <laughs> I am going to be on a fast. It's not even intermittent. I'm going on a four day right. fast because seeing what you said there, I got to make up those four thousand calories somewhere. So I'm, I can't eat for four days now. <laughs> well, I'll tell you the other thing. You know, when you look at it there are ways to cut some of these calories. When you look at some of the foods you're eating that day, some are extremely healthy. You look at green beans and the amount of vitamins and iron on those, boy, that's great. It, it doesn't get to the big calories until you add this fat-laden you know, soup concentrate on top of it and then the fried <laughs> onions. Right. And then you know, when you look at sweet potatoes, sweet potatoes are a great source of fiber, great source of vitamins, and they're great until we put brown sugar and marshmallows on them. So, you know, you can still eat the right foods. It just depends on how they're prepared. Uh, Dave Schwann's got a question for you, Dr. Grinch. <laughs> Dr. Most. Good morning, doctor. And it was great to see you at Tree Time a couple of weeks ago. A pleasure. Swanee, it's always good to see you. Thank you very much. But it's not about food, really. It's more about the RSV virus uh, and vaccinations for it. Uh, my girlfriend last year was hit very hard with RSV and took a while to recover. And fortunately, she did. But you had made a mention of, about the RSV vaccination of maybe being less effective for people at 60 or over, or is there a difference in the way it interacts with people of a certain age? Uh, what what specifically uh, is, is involved here? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. When we were at tree time, RSV was starting to appear, but I can tell you it has exploded now. Yes. So we really have to be aware of it. Along here. with the flu. Now, uh, yeah. Correct. Flu, seven states have high activity, seven more have moderate activity, that's very concerning when we're looking at the busiest traffic uh, travel holiday coming up here in just a few days, with only 35% of people being vaccinated, and the RSV vaccination rates are even much lower than that. So RSV, for the most part, throughout our entire life, we're exposed to RSV almost daily. You know, you, believe it or not, it's out there. But as we age, our immune system just doesn't work as well. So I would say to people who are, you know, immunocompromised, have any underlying diseases like heart disease, lung disease, diabetes, hypertension, 
talk to your doctor about that RSV vaccine because it hits young kids and it hits seniors is where the biggest hit is for that. The rest of us can get RSV and it's just a minor cold and we won't even notice it for the most part. Dr. Kevin Most, or I'm sorry, to, I'm calling him uh, Dr. Grinch today as he's putting a, a big damper on our Thanksgiving food. <laughs> but I'm so glad that you are, because I think it's, it's good to have that information at least in your back pocket, and it can make you a little more uh, discriminating when you do sit down at the table. Uh, Jim Toronto filling in for Dean Richards this morning. We'll be back with Dr. Kevin Most after this. No switching. Jim Toronto filling in for Dean Richards this morning, but listen anyway. I've got uh, Dr. Kevin Most on the phone, and uh, doctor, we're talking about the holiday season, and um, you mentioned uh, in the last segment how uh, everybody is traveling. I read an amazing statistic. Apparently, we're going to set a record for more than 30 million people alone just flying over the Thanksgiving holiday, and I'm just wondering in terms of COVID... um, we all know about planes and in 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 uh, you know enclosed areas. Um, I, I you said that there's a lot of people that uh, still have not taken the 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 latest booster. I have, and I'm just wondering: uh, Are we being a little laissez faire about COVID? Yeah, Jim, we are. You know, and like you said, um, we haven't seen the uptake of the COVID booster as much as we'd like. We're only seeing fifteen percent in adults and 5% in children who have taken the COVID vaccine this fall. Now that's compared to flu vaccinations that are at 35%. Now, some people argue saying, yeah, but you know what, I'm not taking it because I just had it. And assuredly that those people who have some natural immunity are still protected. But with the travel that we're expecting, the flu rates that we're seeing, and then we know that COVID's in the community, yeah, we're, we do have some concerns, not only with the travel where you're in the airports, because a lot of people travel by car, but also, like you said, individuals who are gathering in large groups. You know, it's not unusual to have 10, 20, 30. I think you said someone's going to have 40 people together. Right. There's a lot of, you know, hugging and handshaking and kissing that, uh, you know, it's a one time you see these people, you know, for a few months. So just kind of be aware and hopefully you've all been vaccinated because it's kind of late to get the vaccine right now and expect to have protection in three days. Um, but it's still not a bad idea to get it. But even over, you know, the Christmas holiday too, people are going to be, you know, so we've got certainly, we've got a good month and a half here of people, you know, I know they're talking about uh, specifically for Thanksgiving, but once again, we get another surge, uh, you know, around Christmas time. So at least if people did get that booster, if they, if it's too early to get it for any real uh, impact on, um, you know, for Thanksgiving, at least they could certainly do get one soon, so they would be covered for Christmas. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, you mentioned early on about stress and anxiety, and and certainly, you know, you have these holidays that are supposed to be very meaningful and powerful for your family, and often you can have the stress, maybe because you're hosting, maybe because you're going to see somebody. And I'll tell you, you know, dealing with stress and anxiety around uh, specifics like this versus people who have stress and anxiety all the time, there's a couple simple things that that individuals can do, um, especially let's say you're hosting. There's a a technique we tell people, it's called the four threes. So it's kind of like the four threes, but it's take three really good deep breaths. Stop and look around and name three items that you see. Listen for three different sounds that you hear and then move three body parts. If you do that in the right frame of mind, 
you, it will at least help you with a lot of stress and anxiety. And it's something that is so simple. And it's not like, here, take this drug because Aunt Sally's coming over and you don't want to have a political conversation with her. This is a way that you can do it just naturally by yourself with those simple things. You know, it's interesting. Uh, earlier in the show, Dean was talking about the honeymooners. And there's an episode where, you know, Ralph Cramden has his big temper. And he goes to a doctor, and this was in 1955, and here we are in 2023, and the doctor's advice to Ralph Cramden was to say, if you feel uh, you know, agitated or you have this anxiety, just say this little simple phrase, pins and needles, needles and pins, a happy man is a man that grins. And then you smile, and you say, what was I mad about? And it takes the stress away. That was in 1955. You're basically using the same advice, aren't you? We are. We are. You know what? Everybody wants something quick. I want to be able to take a pill. I want to have, but boy, we just have to understand that it is. It can be something as simple as going back to the basics of, of, of making your mind think about something else. And I'll tell you, people just try that today during the day today. You know, take three really good deep breaths. Look around, name three items, listen to three sounds, move three body parts, and just see how you feel. It's so simple. And yet it can be so powerful. Well, I'll tell you, Dr. Kevin Most, as usual, uh, not only do you provide us with uh, some interesting and valuable information, but you always deliver it. And uh, you must have some great bedside manner, I have to say, because you've got great radio side manner. So um, <laughs> I want to thank you for joining me today. As I said, it was great to meet you a couple of weeks ago uh, at Tree Time. And uh, you uh, have a great Thanksgiving. And take your own advice, portion control. You got it, Jim. You know I will. <laughs> All right. Thank All right. you so much. Dr. Kevin Most Thanks joining us here at uh, WGN. Jim Toronto filling in for Dean Richards this morning. But listen, anyway, we'll take a quick break and be back after this. No switching. Jim Toronto with you here this morning on WGN, 720 AM, filling in for Dean Richards. But listen, anyway. As I said earlier in the show, we are officially in the holiday season. It's Turkey Week. Thursday is Thanksgiving. We just had uh, Halloween a few weeks ago, and Christmas is just up the road. Yes, sometimes Thanksgiving does get treated like a speed bump holiday. We're already looking toward Christmas, of course. Um, But we give Thanksgiving its due. But yeah, you just can't help getting into the Christmas spirit. I already saw many people It's driving around the neighborhood yesterday. A lot of people, because the weather was nice, putting up their, their Christmas uh, lights. I have already put up in our house all 15 bins, put up all the Christmas decorations in two days this week. They're already up. Now, on the outside of the house, you could never tell. I still am autumnal as, it, as, as far as my neighbors are concerned. Outside, the house still looks autumnal and thanksgiving-like with some wreaths some leaf wreaths and some pumpkins so to the outside world i'm not uh, dissing thanksgiving yet but inside oh it's a it's a winter wonderland it's a christmas and snowman wonderland but as soon as we come home from thanksgiving dinner uh the santa face gets put on the front door the the, the leaf wreath comes down the red and white, the uh, red and green floodlights go up, and it's outside and inside. Welcome to Christmas, and one of the things that helps to uh, 
usher in the Christmas season for the last several years is at Chicago's Botanic Garden, their annual Lightscape Light Exhibit. And uh, I've got uh, Jody Zambolo, who is the Associate VP and vi- a Visitor and Events Program at Chicago Botanic Garden. Welcome to the show, Jody. Thank you for having me. Good to hear from you, Jim. Well, I have to say, um, I'm not only here to talk about it, I went to see Lightscape yesterday. Fabulous. What did you think? Oh, my goodness. I, I loved some of the new things. I loved some of the old standbys. I, I'm a major fan of the Fire Garden. Love the Fire oh, Garden. Yes, it's beautiful, isn't it? Well, it's especially nice because as you walk through the uh, the whole environment at Bota- uh, the Chicago Botanic Garden, which I hopefully you've been there, uh, my wife and I are members there. Um, it's up on uh, just off of Lake Cook Road uh, in Glencoe. Some in the mm-hmm. summer, it's just gorgeous with plants and trees, and uh, it's just a calming place. We just love to walk around there. But at Christmas time, uh, you really do a great job of uh, putting everybody in a festive spirit. Um, and I liked about this year's, uh, we, you took us on a different path. We went through a different area. Right? I know. You just don't know what you're going to expect, do you? Because it is completely different each year. Uh, we did. We um, worked with um, a designer, and we have partners for this show. And, yes, it's a brand-new path, and we go out on Evening Island. And uh, those vistas, right? Did you love the vistas? Yes, of, I uh, did. And path. I love – and, and my, one of my favorite things is Serpentine Bridge, and we got to walk on Serpentine, Serpentine Bridge. Yes. And you get to see – when you get out there, you uh, get to see what you – uh, we're looking at um, when you started the path and when you got out to Evening Island, you looked back at where you were and saw the installations in a whole different way. Now, we should say that Lightscape is an annual kind of holiday after dark illuminated trail through the Chicago Botanic Garden. Um, how long has yes. uh, Lightscape been going on at the Botanic Garden? So we are in our fifth year. Um, so it started back in 2019. And we've been working with our partners since then. And um, each year, like you said, it changes. There's something different. And about 80% of the installations change each year. And the path is reimagined each year. So like you said, it's a whole, it really changed this year because we did go out onto Evening Island. And um, the installations you get to see in a whole new light because of the vistas. It's um, something completely different. So if you've been in years past, uh, don't think that you're going to come back and be like, oh, yeah, that's about the same. No, you, you need to come back and see it again because it's completely different. And looking at um, these all-new path features with the Radiant New Works created just for the garden um, from international artists and uh, national and local um, is just absolutely amazing. I would, uh, as I said, we've now, so now to you say, I thought it was going on much longer. So we've, I think we've been to four of the five then. Yeah, well, good. That's yeah. great. No, it's, I know it seems like longer, right? But no, it's yeah. been five years. And what, what I enjoy about it so much is that uh, having been a frequent visitor to the Botanic Garden, um, I'm used to walking through, as I said, I know my, my little, my, my Japanese zigzag bridge mm-hmm. and Spider Island and, uh, and now, as you said, uh, you know, Evening Island and the Enabling Garden and all these different areas that uh, are, that have become very, uh, you know, recognizable to me as I walk through in the, mm-hmm. in the summer. Um, it's so funny because it, the, the, the garden in the dark, aside from all these different light sculptures and different illuminated, um, uh, you know, types of exhibits, 
it's almost like a mystery. Then sometimes you take a look and you go, oh, wait a minute. Right. We're over here now. Oh, 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 we're near the prairie area. Or, oh, I get it now. We're, okay, we're, we're, we're along the, 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 the little waterway near the, the Japanese garden. So it's fun mm-hmm. to kind of rediscover where you're at because, as I said, every year seems like the trail is different. Exactly, yes. And it, it is interesting because I think sometimes people who even work there or who are longtime members like yourself – um, and you come in, in the dark, right? You, you're like, oh, gosh, that's where we are. It's amazing how different it looks in the dark and with light installations like we have. It, it's, it's the garden in a whole new way. What I, I mentioned the winter garden, I should, or the, the, um, the fire garden, what I should mention, literally, uh, it's a garden of little, of little, little canisters with, 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 with flames and fire and, and very big, circular, uh, once again, uh, installations, uh, where on a cold night, I mean, last night it wasn't too bad. It was in the 40s. But still, it's so nice to walk that path. And when you get to the fire garden, you get this burst of, of, of natural heat. And it's, 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 it's so cool. All of a sudden you go, ooh, I want to stay in the, in the fire garden for a while. Right. Yes, it is. And it's beautiful. And the way the path is designed to like, you know, you, you have just come from something that's very upbeat and festive music and you get to the fire garden and um, it's very um, calming and um, respectful. And, you know, you um, just sit there and um, contemplative and enjoy it in a quiet moment before then again, you're taken back up into a very festive installation and music. So, um, it's a very thoughtful process uh, from the company that we work with who designs it. I'm talking to Jody Zambolo, who is the Associate Vice President of uh, Visitor and Events and Programs at the Chicago Botanic Garden. And you notice I said that correctly, don't you, Jody? Yes, thank you. Okay, I am a stickler. I am a stickler for correct grammar and things like that. Does it drive you, since you work at the Chicago Botanic garden does it drive you as crazy as it drives me when people say oh we went to the botanical garden yesterday uh it it does probably not as much as it used to i've been at the garden since 1994 oh wow i've kind of gotten used to it oh well now now now, in in all fairness in many other cities and states they do Mm -hmm. refer to their gardens that are similar to this as a botanical garden so i get it but how long has the chicago botanic garden been in the chicago area so we are uh just over 50 years young, actually, the Chicago Botanic Garden. Um, we celebrated uh, 50 years in 2022. Um, we uh, opened in 1972. And um, so I say young because, um, you know, there's many botanic gardens that are uh, hundreds of years old. And um, so we are one of the younger ones. But, um, but, 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 but Jody, wouldn't you think after 50 years... <laughs> that they could get your name right. I, I appreciate yes. you giving people a break, but it's been 50 years. Right. Yes, that is true. That is true. Yes. It just drives me up a wall. I hear that. Oh, we went to Botanical, and I'm just like, <sighs> stop at the C. Don't keep going with the AL, please, please. Right. Right. <laughs> we're going to take a we're going to take a quick break here and continue to talk to uh, Jody Zambalo, who uh, is with the Chicago Botanic 
Garden to talk about their current exhibit, which uh, started uh, just last week and goes through uh, January 7th, Lightscape. It's a brand new uh, light exhibit. A lot of places around the, the city and suburbs now have these different kind of light festivals. We just had the um, the Magnificent, uh, Magnificent Mile Light Festival downtown here in Chicago yesterday. But Brookfield Zoo and Lincoln Park Zoo, Morton Arboretum, um, uh, in Rosemont, the Sparkle Light Festival, uh, the Cole Children's Museum has a light um, display, uh, vintage holidays in Long Grove, in Naperville. So the, the, the whole idea of lighting the, uh, the holiday skies is really becoming uh, a, a new tradition here in the area. But I have to say, I just uh, I'd love to go every year to Lightscape at the Chicago Botanic Garden. And we will be talking more about the latest exhibit right after this. Jim Toronto filling in for Dean Richards. We'll be back after this. No switching. Jim Toronto here at WGN Radio, 720 AM, filling in for Dean Richards. But huh, listen anyway, would you? I'm on the phone here with uh, Jody Zambolo, who is the Associate Vice President of Visitor Events and Programs at Chicago Botanic Garden. We're talking about their 2023 Lightscape Light exhibit that uh, is throughout the Botanic Garden in different areas. It really gives you a nice little overview of the, of the grounds. Uh, Jody, how many uh, acres is the Botanic Garden? So we are uh, 385 acres. Wow. That is uh, yes. that's quite a little patch of land there. Right? Yes. 385-acre uh, living museum. Um, and we showcase, you know, the power of plants, uh, leadership in plant conservation science, community engagement, um, and learning, and uh, provide a place for the opportunity for people and planet to thrive. Now, one of the, the places to visit. Oh, yeah. As I said, my wife and I have been members for mm-hmm. uh, for several years. And just to be, just as a disclaimer, and just to be fair, we are also members at the Morton Arboretum. So we just okay. love to go out in nature. Yes, it's are a they, great place as well. Are they reciprocal with you? Yes. Yeah. So it's all it's all one big happy nature family, right? Absolutely. Yeah, there's no competition. Although I should I should say so. Yesterday, <laughs> we we go in line um, and we got our tickets and we went with mm-hmm. a couple of friends and we've gone now two or three years with with the same group of friends with Rick and Laura and so we're we're in the car and um, we get my t- we get the tickets out on the phone and the mm-hmm. and the the woman at the uh, at the booth says oh um, you know. You know, you get the tickets here, but you know, there's a twenty-five dollar. Unless you're a member, I said, "Oh no, no, we're members." Uh-huh. And so uh, she said, "Oh, well, can I see your membership card?" So then, all of a sudden, we're 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 rustling through either emails for the digital card or the hard mm-hmm. copy. So my wife grabs. She goes, "Oh, here, here, here's here. I've got the hard copy card." She's in the back seat and it's dark, and she grabs this card out of her wallet and she gives it to me, and I pass it to my friend who gives it to the woman in the booth, and she's like, "Oh, well, this is a good card, but this is for the Morton Arboretum." So that one doesn't really work here. <laughs> so, so you should know that there that security is uh, is good there. The, the the people that you've got on 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 board there, they're not just letting anybody in. 
Good. Yeah. Well, that's great to hear. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, so we finally found the card, but I was like, oh, geez. Good. You know, we're pulling out, uh, you know, I'm pulling out Dave and Buster cards and uh, sure. McCormick and Schmick cards. Any, <laughs> any card that was in my in my wallet, we couldn't find the actual right. one until later. But uh, so, so here's one of the things, one of the, the highlights of Lightscape um, that is this beautiful exhibit that lights up in, in all these very unique uh, and some new, some good old standbys, uh, mm-hmm. light light exhibits uh, throughout the uh, the the land there at uh, Botanic is the Winter Cathedral, right? Yeah. Now this yeah. is this beautiful lit uh, walkway with all lights. It's just dazzling. I'm so glad you put it at the very end this year because I thought that that's a great way to end it. Yes. But and, here's um, it is. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. So here's my question, because every year we walk through this, we have the same debate. And I so I told my friend, I said, wait, I'm going to have somebody on from the garden tomorrow. So I'm going to ask this question because we always debate it. We have no way of knowing. Do you have any idea how many lights <laughs> are in the winter gar- of the winter cathedral exhibit there? So it varies each year because of the length of the winter cathedral. Oh, does it so, vary in length? It does because it depends on where it's placed each year. Oh, so yes, um, because we want to you know make it different each year, and this uh, is a new location. So I do know that this year uh, it is 110 feet long. Uh-huh. Um, in years past, it's been um, maybe not quite 100, or it has been longer than 110 feet. So, to answer your question, um, <laughs> I am not 100% sure how many points of light it has. I do know that it's thousands of lights. Because um, my friend so said 100,000 lights. Is that too much? Is that crazy? I, no, I, no, that is not crazy at all. Um, really? I do know uh, when we had it in the longest length, it was about 110,000 points of light. Wow, okay. So that makes mm-hmm. sense because I, I was like, yep. wow, that is a lot of lights. Because yeah. we have, we have a, somewhat of a, of a long yard, and I said to my wife, we should build one of these cathedrals. And it's like, but do we have 110,000 lights? <laughs> Yeah, that would take a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us how to get tickets to see Lightscape. So you go to chicagobotanic.org, and um, you. so my advice is always to buy in advance. So get together with your friends and your family to pick a date and time, and then um, buy early and buy uh, in advance because um, tickets do go quickly, and there are some dates that are sold out. And um, then uh, just go ahead and pick that and pick the number of tickets and uh, purchase them online. Well, I have to say, um, I went last night. Uh, we've been going for the last four years. Uh, always have a great time. It's a great official and unofficial way to kick off the holidays. I had my Santa hat on. It gets you in the spirit. There's food and beverages there along the trail as yeah. well, especially if it's cold, some hot chocolate, some other kinds of things. So you take yeah. care of you on that way. Um, and as I said, it's great. If you're, a, if you're a veteran of the Botanic Garden, you get to see it in a whole new light. If you've never been there, you get to experience it for the first time, and I, I, I envy you there, too, because especially at night, it takes on a, a whole different kind of perspective and, and, and character, and as I said, uh, it's a great way to kick off the holiday. So, Jody Zambalo, thank you so much from the Chicago Botanic Garden, and, um, thank you. and hopefully uh, we'll get some people out there and, and uh, the way to kick off the, uh, the holiday spirit in light. 
which is a great way to do it. So uh, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Jim Toronto filling in for Dean Richards this morning. We'll be here for another half hour or so. Then we'll pass things on to Dan Hampton and Ed Obradovich. But right now we're going to pass things on to the news and Dave Schwan. Jim Toronto with you here at WGN Radio, 720 AM, filling in for Dean Richards this morning. As I said, we're in the midst of Turkey Week. Thanksgiving is on Thursday, and so if you've got any questions about how to prepare your turkey, how to prepare that big Thanksgiving feast, one of the ways you can do is to get on your phone. And call the Butterball Turkey Talk hotline to find out all those interesting facts about how to make the perfect Thanksgiving feast. And on the phone, I have somebody from Butterball, Butterball Turkey Talk line expert, Phyllis Kramer. Good morning, Phyllis. Good morning. It's Butterball Turkey Talk line. We're ready to roll here. Yes. Now, when did the uh, the hotline this year begin? When did you start taking calls? We always begin beginning of November. That's when the, the talk line is open, and we stay through like, right about to Christmas. So we're here all through the holiday to help you out. Now, I am talking to not just some uh, novice here. How many years have you been talking turkey? <laughs> I have been talking turkey for 22 years. <laughs> <laughs> Loving every minute of it. Now, I have a question. Um, before we get into some of the specifics, and if you have any, uh, if, if callers have any, uh, or listeners uh, on the text line as well, have any questions, we can certainly feel those as well at uh, 312-981-7200 uh, or on the text line as well. But I have a question. So now you are a self-described turkey expert. To right. to do this for Butterball, one of the leading uh you know, uh, companies that sell turkeys at this time of the year, all year round, really. Is there like some Butterball University or something? Oh, yes. We do have a Butterball University. Oh, you do? (laughs) Sure. Every year, we're all trained uh, in the university for new products and all the things that are new to the market or new cooking techniques, new equipment. But also, we have in the university, there are 10 ways to cook a turkey. And so we go through all those 10 ways. Actually, there's even more right now, new, new equipment. So, yeah, it's a pretty serious thing. One man asked me one time, he said, well, how's your, I want to know how's your football team. And <laughs> 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 cheerleaders are even better. But, but no, we're, we're really pretty serious about turkey here. We're here to really help people, and we're here to bring families and people together. You know, for Butterball Turkey, for this company, togetherness is a very big, important thing for us. And I can tell you, it must be because way back over 40 years ago, Butterball started a turkey talk line. At no charge, you could just call us and get advice. And we're here to help you right now still with anything you can that you need from us that we'll be happy to help you out. So um, how many, how many uh, experts like yourself are there uh, ready to get, to get my phone call? There's about 50 of us. Wow. And you know, every- Fifty of us, and you know, to, to work on the track line, you have to be a professional in the food business, one way or another. Whether you're a, in, in an educator, whether you're a dietitian, professional chef, or food stylist, but everybody has a strong foods background before we can be called a turkey talk line expert. What was your background? 
I was a home economics teacher at West Aurora High School, but they don't call it home economics anymore. But I was there <laughs> right. for a long time. Yeah. And so then I learned about the chocolate, and I thought, ah, that's what I want to do. Well, that's so. That's I'm wild. Here. And so and so, you just contacted Butterball and, and went through the program. Yes, I did. I, I learned about it, and so I thought, well, when I retired from teaching, I was going to, in early retirement from teaching. I thought that's what I'm going to do. So I called and I had an interview, and here I am, 22 years later. So do uh, do you do this from home, or do you go to a to Turkey Central? Well, we have two options. We we have a, a center here in Naperville where you can come and work from here, and then we also have the option of working at home. So some people, you know, come back and forth, or they do all one way or another, or most people come kind of come in and out, some at home and some here. Now, uh, given the, the new technology, can I do a turkey, butterball turkey talk line via Zoom? Sure. Sure you can. You oh. can contact their Zoom, text, talk, email, chat, any any of the social media platforms you can you can find us. I said, you'll find us anywhere you are. You'll find us. Yeah, because, you know, the, before, I mean, you know, technology kind of limited to just being on the phone. But so now we can actually see Phyllis Kramer, one of the noted turkey talk line experts. Right. And, you know, you can send us pictures of your turkey and let oh. us know how beautiful it was. Or, you know, you we are, we are really and truly in your kitchen and in your life. And... um but it's really a very big part of Thanksgiving, as you know. And bringing families together makes us very, very happy. Well, I'll tell you, the Butterball in itself, that's that's probably one of the more perfect names for <laughs> for for this product and but what i what i'm always been most uh, impressed about with the uh, with the Butterball Turkey Hotline is clearly it was it was initially meant to be some kind of an advertising or marketing kind of program to get the name out there and associate Butterball, uh, you know, with the holiday and and make connections with people, like you're saying, bringing people mm-hmm. together. But mm-hmm. aside from just being uh, this kind of interesting little marketing program, this is one of the few PR or marketing programs mm-hmm. that really does help people. Right. It really provides a service. Right. And, you know, Jim, you can't even begin to imagine how we are in people's lives. You know, I can give you an example. One time I had a caller that they were trying to make gravy, but somebody in their family had recently died. And they said, we got the turkey. Okay, but we're really stuck on the gravy. And my mom used to make it. And and they were really stressing and sad. So I said, I'll stay on the phone with you until we get that gravy made. So we talked through the steps that their mom used to do and what they did. And you can't imagine the gratitude. They were so, so happy and grateful. They even said, you know, we're going to pray for you when we have our turkey, right before our turkey. (laughs) So, wow, you're you're actually in the Thanksgiving prayers now. We are. (laughs) What are some of the most... What are some of the most common questions that you, that you that you you know you just you always get mm-hmm. answered? I'm sure that sometimes it's almost like in your mind you hit a play button because it's just uh, you know you've answered this question so many times. But what is really one of the prevailing uh, questions that you get almost on a on a regular daily basis? Well, you're right about the question because um, the most talked about Thanksgiving question we get is how to thaw a turkey. And, you know, it is surprising that turkeys thaw so slowly. And they'll only thaw four pounds in 24 hours in your refrigerator. Hmm. Think of that. Wow. So if you have a 20-pound turkey, 
We we even have a National Thaw Your Turkey Day the week before <laughs> Thanksgiving. It's a holiday. It's a, it's a holiday. But, you know, we would prefer people to wake up on Thanksgiving morning and have that turkey completely thawed. But people have a lot of questions about that. Lots mm. of questions. So that, that's our biggest thing. Once in a while we get people. But, if soon, but mostly... Is thawing. Yeah. So it's so if mm. I have questions about thawing or stuffing or cooking or carving or basting or leftovers, mm-hmm. this is where I go. You have you've left you mentioned everything we can help you with here. <laughs> and you know, you can go online too, but you know what is so nice is often to have a personal conversation. Because you can call and ask me about your specific question, what your issue is. Um, for example, lots of people have only one oven. And they're so frenzied about how am I going to get this all to work? And we can talk you through that. Uh, I had a woman one time, I sat with her, and we went through the timeline. Start the turkey at this time and the green beans at that time. I mean, a very personalized help that you can't really get in any other way. Um, That's why we keep getting more and more calls every year. We have a text here from uh, the 630 um, area code that says, Jim, please ask Phyllis what was the craziest or funniest question that she was ever asked on the hotline? Oh, I have so many I can't even begin <laughs> to tell you, but there's some that stand in my mind. In California, there were a group of people in the hot tub. Oh. And you can imagine, they're sitting around um, celebrating, and they called and they wanted to know if they could talk the church in the hot tub with them. Oh. And they were serious. They were very serious. <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea. Oh my um, gosh! Yeah. Well, I, well. Once again, if you if you open up the lines to uh, to everybody, you're going to get some serious questions, and you're going to get some crazy ones as well. <laughs> some crazy. But the thawing questions, people yeah. are the most creative with that. Somebody wanted to you know if they could thaw their dishwasher, their turkey in the dishwasher, and said, "But don't what? worry, I won't be soap." <laughs> so, in the dishwasher. In the dishwasher. Because, you know, people don't do it soon enough, and then there's a little panic. Oh. But if they, we have a way to thaw the turkey much more quickly and safely. And so, you know, this we call it the cold water thawing method. But we can tell you how long it will take your turkey to thaw if you do certain things that we tell you about. What is the so, turkey uh, talk line phone number? 630. What's well, 1-800-BUTTERBALL. 1-800-BUTTERBALL. And it's also 1-800-288-8372. Okay. And also, here's our text number, mm-hmm. 844-877-3456. So anywhere you are, you can find us. Uh, people call us from the grocery store and wanting to know how much turkey to buy. And, and Jim, also, we have a fresh turkey also. And people buy them, and there's a date on that fresh turkey, which is after Thanksgiving, that tells you that turkey will be fine to use. Just put it in your refrigerator because it's a fresh turkey. But people think they may have to thaw it. I mean, they may have to freeze it first. So we can put their mind at ease to tell them how it's been prepared, that it's safe to keep it just in your refrigerator so you don't have to worry about any thawing. Wow. Well, that's interesting. Well, I want to yeah. say, uh, this has been the, the turkey, the butterball turkey talk line is, is, is a part of the holidays. It is a become an, a, an American tradition. And I have mm-hmm. to say, uh, just listening to you, Phyllis, what I'm most impressed is, is that you are clearly enthusiastic about this, clearly yeah. knowledgeable about it. And you've just got a, a refreshing kind of, uh, tone of your voice that makes me want to ask you questions and listen. And so, uh, you sound like, uh, you are the perfect person to do this. 
thank you. You know, I have something else to tell you, too. One other thing that Butterball is working on this year is that we're, we're doing something called Find Your Table, and we're trying to connect with people who are alone at Thanksgiving because we found that about 20% of people are celebrating this holiday alone. And some, for lots of reasons, it could be maybe they can't afford to go home or they're new to a city. And so we're connecting with for Find Your Table where you can reach out to find some friends who might be in your area nearby that you can just get together and have your own kind of Thanksgiving. And, and you know, people always want new friends, and this is a way to do that over food. You know, when, when people say, what are your top five things that interest you? Food is almost always up there. You know, there's a lot of things that are top five, but food is almost always up there. So it's a good way to bring people together in this finder table. Well, thank you so much. Phyllis Kramer, the Butterball Turkey Talk Line expert. You've been doing this for 22 years, giving people some great advice on how to make sure that that turkey feast is all it can be. I want to say happy Thanksgiving to you, and I'm sure you have a lot of pressure to put on one heck of a turkey feast at your it house. It is. You're right <laughs> about that. But, you know, you can call us, too, and we'll help you with your turkey anytime. Very good. Phyllis Kramer, thank you so much for joining me today. Jim Toronto filling in for Dean Richards. Before we go to a break, I just want to play this little fun bit uh, clip from The West Wing. Hey. If they want the nickel and dime stuff, I'll tell you one thing we can do. What's that, sir? This time of the year, there should be a hotline you can call with questions about cooking turkeys, a special 800 number where the phones are staffed by experts. There is. What do you mean? The Butterball hotline. Butterball has a hotline? Yeah. It's an 800 number. The phones are staffed by experts. Are you kidding me? No. God, I'm sorry. I love my country. Charlie, 